0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of the PCOS Diva podcast. This is your host, Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach, and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And today we're going to be talking about, uh, I was thinking it's sort of the forgotten woman with PCOS, but it's really, I think, more of the underserved woman with PCOS. And that's really once you've kind of um, finished your uh, fertility journey and trying to conceive, um, and you're kind of reaching your midlife point and entering into perimenopause and even beyond menopause. A lot of women, actually, if you haven't been diagnosed with PCOS um, by this point, I think the diagnosis gets a little bit trickier because for a lot of us, our cycles um, become much more regular. You know, as we enter our 40s, our teto- testosterone levels decrease, um, and I think it's just uh, a lot of doctors aren't quite sure what to do with this patient population. So I have brought in the midlife health experts, and this is Dr. Leggett, and she's going to be sharing with us you know, what how women with PCOS should really empower themselves um, to, in order to advocate for themselves in the doctor's office. So welcome, Dr. Leggett, to our show.
1: Well, thank you, Amy. I am so happy to be here and offer whatever i can it's wonderful thank you
0: well i want to just give listeners a little bit of your background um... so dr karen leggett is a board certified family and geriatric physician who has practiced functional medicine for over fifteen years she's dedicated to helping midlife women balance their sex adrenal thyroid and gut hormones and loving every minute of life i love that part Um, She has been the president of the Leggett Medical Group uh, since 2004 and started the Women's Midlife Specialist Practice in 2012 where you developed a comprehensive year-long mentorship program for nurse practitioners to teach them how to care for midlife women's hormonal imbalances. But most recently, you opened a program to women across the world Through the internet guiding women to balance their own hormones through the master hormone madness program and you also recently um co-authored a book with brian tracy a book titled success manifesto get energized focused and downright sexy now so thank you again for for joining us and um you're going to be talking about challenges of midlife with hormonal changes and you know i kind of alluded a little bit to what might be going on with women with PCOS as they enter midlife, but maybe you can kind of give us a, a little bit better, fuller picture.
1: Sure, I would love to. Well, as we all know, and I'm maybe just moving out of midlife, I just had my, my 57th birthday, uh, yesterday, but, uh, um, I, too, uh, was uh, having hormonal issues, and that's what led me into getting so focused on women's hormones, and all women really have these challenges. Some of us have them worse than others, but basically, we are, as our hormones change, we uh, have more difficulty sleeping, we have mood fluctuations, our weight. Changes becomes more difficult to lose weight. We also gain weight. Our minds sometimes feel a little foggy. Our hormones have a lot. Of, our hormones are very active in our brain. Our eyes get drier. Our desire for sex goes down. Um, everything sort of starts to dry up. But when we're talking about PCOS, the challenges actually are magnified. So the reasons. The, the challenges for women with PCOS are magnified, is because they automatically have a higher risk of adrenal issues, which are uh, things that uh, that cause the adrenal glands to have to work a little harder, and therefore fatigue can set in much more uh, uh, significantly. So it also starts with these hormonal changes, the sex hormonal changes that stimulate the adrenal gland to make more cortisol, testosterone, and DHEA, and testosterone and DHEA make more estrogen. So uh, midlife women with PCOS tend to have an Increasing estrogen dominance compared to the, though a woman who doesn't have PCOS, uh, and increasing estrogen dominance, even though their hormones are starting to, uh, decline, they still have a, a broader, uh, progesterone to estrogen balance than a woman without PCOS. This, uh, causes worsening fatigue and higher risk of adrenal fatigue.
0: Mm. And I think we're we're sort of plagued throughout our lives with the low estrogen issue, and thus you know the estrogen, uh, the low progesterone issue, and thus the estrogen right. dominance. Right. Um, right. And I. Right. And, and I, I I've kind of want to ask you about um, the natural hormone um, progesterone. Supplementation. I, I get a lot of questions about that. I think there's a lot of confusion, especially since you can just go to your local drugstore and pick up, you know, a, a tube of progesterone cream. Um, and, you know, I, I think women are sort of self-prescribing without doing a lot of testing. And I would love to get your viewpoint on, okay, so we're entering midlife. Do we need progesterone cream? You know, well, how, how should we make that decision for ourselves?
1: Well, I'm super excited that you asked that question because I have the perfect thing for you. I have two things for you, in fact. I have a beautiful handout that I have to get to you, Amy, because it has my top 12 products, my favorite top 12 products uh, that are over the counter. And uh, there's a little picture of them. It describes how much. It's very difficult to understand what's in those products i have had many many women come into the office and say how much should i take of this and they don't understand the ingredients on there and so what i did is i looked at basically almost every product that's on the market that a woman can go and pick up on her own or or buy on the internet and i evaluated each one and i put together a handout yeah i Forgot to even tell you that, but this is such a wonderful handout because it's got a, a, a picture of it. Tells you exactly how much is in each um, uh, dose, uh, what the dose is, uh, you know, like quarter teaspoon or an eighth of a teaspoon, and that would equal a certain amount. And then if you correlate that handout with my book, um, the you, there are. You've got what you need to get started. So I do believe in progesterone supplementation because the other challenge that we forget about when we're talking about hormones, because we tend to start with sex hormones because all uh, women, whether they have PCOS or not, all women are eventually going to have some changes in their sex hormones. But... It's not just about sex hormones. Our body is this amazing symphony, and every endocrine gland, the glands that produce different hormones, interact with each other. So our adrenal glands and our thyroid gland is very important. So the thyroid is so dependent on the balance of estrogen and progesterone so that will increase the risk of fatigue and exhaustion and uh by not having that balanced estrogen and progesterone so i'm with the right products and with the right doses i am all for natural uh, uh bioidentical progesterone supplement i am i am not happy with you know the progestins the progestins are the synthetic uh, compounds that are made, uh, such as um, that that is in uh, oral contraceptive pills, and also uh, Provera, which is the hormone replacement therapy for menopause. So those um, are are definitely not um, um, our, w- the way we want to go.
0: So you're. Yo, know, it's very helpful. I just want to clarify and reiterate. So for women who um, are f- and maybe you could ex- well, first of all, I wanted you to explain some <laughs> symptoms of estrogen dominance, but if you're feeling like you're having some of these symptoms of estrogen dominance and low progesterone, then by reading your book and looking at this handout, you're going to have a good sort of idea of where to start. Um, in terms yes. of yeah. how to help
1: Absolutely.
0: Yourself. Okay, oh, big so, time. so tell us what the symptoms are for estrogen dominance. What should we be looking out for?
1: Yeah, well, the number one thing that people start to feel, the very first thing that seems to be uh, right across the, the board is fatigue and uh, difficulty sleeping. So there's different uh ways that the sleep may be affected. They may have that, uh, what I call brain chatter all night long, yickety-yackety, yickety-yack. It's just talking to you all night. Um, <laughs> and also, um, sometimes they may be able to fall asleep, but they wake up early and then are unable to go back to sleep. But for others, they just feel like they're sleeping lightly all night. It's like this wake up and you just feel like, gosh, I never really got to sleep. So sleeping is an issue. That leads to fatigue, absolutely to fatigue. And estrogen dominance, even if you are sleeping, you feel you're sleeping, and I'm talking about people sleeping without a pill, you know, like Ambien or Trazodone or, you know, all the different medications. So if you're taking a medication for sleep, you – are having difficulty sleeping, so that you're you're in that category. So, um, and in fact, one of the things that I don't like about any of those medications is you do not reach your stage four level of sleep, the deepest level of sleep, and that's when we heal. So, those medications are not the way to go. Progesterone is our natural calming sex hormone. It it increases yeah. And it increases GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid, which is a neurotransmitter slash hormone in the brain. And GABA is our calming neurotransmitter. And in fact what people love to hear is is when I tell them that all pretty much everybody knows the drug Xanax. Alprazolam Xanax. Pretty much everybody has heard about that drug, and what it is is it's a it's a drug for anxiety. All Xanax does, this is the coolest thing, all Xanax does is increase GABA in the brain. That's all it does. So progesterone does the same thing. So it helps you sleep, it brings down your blood pressure, it's a very calming sex hormone. And when your progesterone is low and you have this estrogen dominance, the imbalance between the two, not only are you fatigued and can't sleep, there are more significant when you're a doctor and you're thinking, you know, along these lines, you're thinking about, "Uh uh-oh, I I got to help this person because she's at a higher risk of breast cancer because estri- unopposed and uterine cancer and ovarian cancer. So she an unopposed estrogen has estri- higher estrogen metabolites. And the more estrogen you have, the more you have to break down. And if your body it has a, a lot more estrogen, it's, it's not exactly the estrogen that's the problem. The problem is how your body breaks that estrogen down. And there are safe pathways and there are unsafe pathways. And the safe pathways, Amy, which I don't know if you know, are, is what you're helping people do by putting them on the proper diet, by helping them with the, the way your diet is. And I know exactly what your nutritional program is because I read it all and have seen your recipes because you were so sweet and sent them to me. But I have to tell you, since you sent those to me in 2012, I've been devoted to you. But what you're doing, Amy, is you're helping women take that dominant estrogen and move it into the safe pathways where the estrogen, be- the metabolites become inactive instead of the what are called methylated Estrogens and actually increase the risk, and are dangerous for breast cancer and uterine cancer and ovarian cancer. So progesterone has that effect too. Progesterone is that balancer of estrogen to help pr- pr- uh, move the estrogens into the safe pathway of breakdown.
0: Well, well, thank you for your sweet words about my my nutrition program. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I, I think that there's probably a lot of light bulb moments right now for a lot of women listening, um, especially when you talked about um, anxiety and low progesterone and, you know, yes. people who are on anti-anxiety meds. Um, yes. I guess my question would be, could you take a GABA supplement? Like, I'm thinking like True Calm is one that comes to mind that yes. kind of has GABA in it or even just like a straight GABA supplement, would that
1: help? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, GABA is in a lot of those calming medications or medical supplements. Um, GABA is, but GABA doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier nearly as well as theanine. L-theanine is a natural amino acid that actually increases GABA in the brain, and it crosses the blood-brain barrier extremely well. So you see that L-theanine also um, connected with GABA and in many sleep aids that are supplements over the counter. So there are other things uh, like um, um, the herbal products that help turn off the brain chatter. But um, I like GABA, but it's not as good at crossing the brain barrier. And I think, honestly, to tell you the truth, I think they put GABA, a lot of GABA in these products because people know about GABA, but they don't know about theanine, and they don't go beyond, you know, the understanding of GABA that it can it actually doesn't cross the blood brain barrier as well as theanine does. So I do um, like it, but I like L theanine even better. And you'll find it when when you're looking at these sleep supplements, you'll find it. Uh, and people use it during the day. And the, and actually, the neat thing about L theanine is that it's actually used for colic in babies over in China. And they use much higher doses than we use here. Um, uh, The max dose that is recommended here, if you're looking at a nutritional um, perspective, is 1,200 milligrams a day. And um, I, you know, people who have anxiety, I've gotten people off of Ativan, Xanax, Valium, with just simple theanine. And they will start at the higher dose, like um, 400 milligrams morning, noon, and evening. And then as their levels of GABA start to improve, then we'll uh, drop it down to, uh, say, 400 milligrams twice a day. And then we'll back off a little bit more as they can, using it only at night and as needed. But for someone who had that where you're actually trying to get them off of these drugs are called benzodiazepines. When you're trying to get them off of those medications, uh, you would actually use it three times a day, because it, with any natural supplement, they have a very gentle, slow process of action. Uh, onset of action, and process of action. And it's a deficiency that we have that we have to improve. We can't, you know, that's that's the beauty of, of the drugs. You know, if you have hypertension or you have high blood pressure or you have a cardiac issue or you have diabetes, or things where you need an immediate solution, medications are wonderful. But when you have something that that is a deficiency and you really need to um resolve the problem, the, the core problem, the, the problem at the, so, at the soul, um, you need a natural way to go about that. You need a natural supplement. You need to support your body with what it needs so it can build those and balance those neurotransmitters and, uh, therefore, no longer need that acute uh, medication that has many other side effects that need oh, uh, natural. Oh, yeah, exactly. So. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, and and I think
0: that's probably one of the reasons why I love tea so much because tea yes. actually contains small amounts of l cyanine and um, yes, you know just Me
1: too. And, and
0: speaking of and I talk in my Jumpstart program about kind of viewing your produce section as your pharmacy, um, and I think when it comes to estrogen dominance, you're right when you say that diet can. Play a huge part, and I think you know a lot of us don't eat enough fiber, and fiber is really oh, important to kind of so escort important. out that that bad estrogen and and sulfur um, based um, foods and, and vegetables really important.
1: Absolutely, for, absolutely, yeah. um, absolutely, and so, the fiber that you know I believe um, that you know they're saying 25 grams of fiber for a woman per day. Mm-hmm. I absolutely that's that's really at minimum and they're saying 30 that is absolutely at minimum but most women don't even get near to the 25 that is recommended and you've got to I and you know what when you think about it Amy and you think about all the foods that you need to eat and I've looked at this before because I know myself and I know how regimented I am with myself it's a commitment to make sure that you get that fiber in. you really need some form of supplement to get that adequate fiber in. You really do. Because how can you get all the foods in every single day to have that, to have that, right. that adequate fiber? And, you know... And you
0: know I was just going to say, what, what, what I do is I put a fiber um, I have a fiber supplement that I put in my smoothie in the morning. Um, Me too. It, you know, <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't even realize it's there but it's just a great exactly. way to kind of boost and
1: get some extra fiber. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it, it's the bowel movements, I mean, people don't want to talk about bowel movements, but the bowel movements are so important. You can learn so much from your bowel movements, and when you've got them moving in a healthy direction, and you're actually proud of it, you you your whole body feels better, your whole body.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned supplements. You know, I, I think we can't really supplement our way out of a bad diet, but certainly no. supplements can can further um, the cause, you know, further the, the healing process. Um, and I was wondering if you could share some of your favorite supplements to help alleviate estrogen dominance.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, um, can I also, yeah, estrogen dominance, and since we've already been talking about um, you know the anxiety part, part yeah. I'd love to offer my one of my favorite um, products that are that's on the market for the same thing and it's called Adrenomend A D R E N O M E N D I love that product that product kind of just flies off the shelf at um, the at our office and it they what it has the the what it does is it helps calm the cortisol so if cortisol so it's really really good for PCOS because you calm that cortisol you are going to bring the insulin levels down and when you bring the fasting insulin levels down you're going to bring your testosterone down your DHEA down and your estrogen um, is going to be better balanced so um, adrenomend um, has probably it's Best ingredient that's in there is the Withania somnifera, which the the one that everybody uses, and I don't really know why. You might even know better than me, but the registered brand of the Withania somnifera is sensoril. and Sensoryl, um is extremely healthy for the adrenal glands, and it just really has an amazing calming effect. Then they have a proprietary blend of different of all the wonderful things that are important for the adrenal glands. You oh, know, I these, just. Um, do you mind
0: if I interrupt one second? For for those of you, um, you may have heard the term ashwagandha.
1: Um, yes. It,
0: it, yeah. So that it's the same thing. Um, the central. Oh it's, yes, and ashwagandha.
1: An ashwagandha, Okay, wonderful. Yes, ashwagandha is. So important, and then also ashwagandha, rhodiola rosea, and um, um, the coleus forskoli, the uh, um, the, bacol- the uh, bacopa, um, all of the. These are kind of this blend of stuff that Adrenamin has, and, and Adrenamin comes from Douglas Labs, and you can get that off the. The internet, but, uh, it's wonderful, um, and you could take either two to four capsules a day. But the other supplements, if we're talking about estrogen dominance, um, we want to, um, think about those foods (laughs) that have it naturally too, like what you were saying, the sulfur foods. So there's the, um, indole-3-carbonyl, the diendomethane, um, uh, uh, the CDG, uh, which is our calcium, oh gosh, and I've forgotten uh, the end of that, CDG. It helps convert your uh, estrogens into uh, the safe pathways of the hydroxy estrogens instead of the methoxy estrogens. Uh, CDG, anybody who takes, uh, anybody who is on uh Bioidentical hormones of, in, that are estrogen that have estrogen in them, or anyone that has estrogen dominance should definitely take CDG, I3C DIM, and then of course there's those B vitamins that are so important because B vitamins B6 B12 B9 the folic acid um, and vitamin C those also are very important for the enzymes that convert the estrogen metabolites. Into the pathways that go into the inactive metabolites, instead of the pathway of the methylated um, uh, uh, estrogens. So those those are very important too. Mm. And, and the fiber, you gotta hit the fiber and because the fiber. all those toxins. Yeah, because those toxins—we're we're getting rid of the toxins in our bodies that we're, uh, you know, a, we we get every day in our food and and what we breathe in um, through our skin. Um, there's, so there's those four ways that you get toxins, and we're um, subjected to them. <clears throat> we get them through our skin, we breathe them in, we eat them. Uh, and we inject them, but hopefully we don't, in, you know, maybe like a flu shot, <laughs> those kinds of things. But they do, those are the four ways that we bring toxins into our body. And we're doing that on a daily basis, just driving in your car and you roll down your window, you're, you're, you know, if you're not in a, a very clean environment. So that fiber, as, as the toxins are, uh, uh, uh metabolized through our liver, they are directed into our bowel system after they go through the liver. And in our bowel, uh, that fiber uh, helps bind those toxins and out they can go.
0: I'm so glad that you brought um, toxins up. And and I've uh, released a new program called the Sparkle Cleanse. And so this fall, I've talked a lot about endocrine disrupting toxins. And... Um, how they can really wreak havoc on your PCOS, but it's really that, that estrogen um, dominance issue because uh, toxins like um, BPA and um, phthalates and parabens, they kind of act like, like xenoestrogens. Um, our body exactly. doesn't know what to do with them. So Did that this, all yeah. adds to that estrogen dominance situation.
1: Absolutely. And those, Amy... Those are the ones you have to be worried about. Those are those are the ones the body doesn't know what to do with. They don't have a clue, and and you can now test BPA in um, dried urine. Uh, in in you can actually get a metabol, estrogen meta, or actually it's a whole you can get estrogen and progesterone metabolite um, uh, dried urine testing and that's on the handout also or on, or on whatever you want to call it it's a it's a pretty little one sheet thing that has different tests that you can do at home and one of them is the urine metabol uh the estrogen metabolites progesterone metabolites that you can do very simply by um uh urinating on a little test strip and it dries, send it off to the lab, and BPA is one of the things that they can test, as well as the estrogen metabolites. And, they, and you can find out how much um, estrogen metabolites you have that are going down the safe pathway and how much you have going down the unsafe. And the same thing with progesterone, and that is um, also... Uh, kind of like the lost hormone in terms of metabolites, we now know that there is a safe pathway of progesterone metabolism and a not-so-safe pathway for progesterone metabolism. So one is uh, associated with uh, progesterone receptor-positive breast cancer, or and one is associated with the safe pathway. And you can test all of these in a dried urine um, test now.
0: Wow, that's that sounds like a really fantastic test. And you know, there's there's been a lot of studies that show that women with PCOS actually have elevated levels of BPA versus um, you know the control. the, the not not the control, but the non um, PCOS PCL. women in the study. Um, Interesting. So yeah, it's it's really something that we have to be vigilant about, and um, we really need to become much more aware of what um, you know we're using for waters, and and even and even cash register receipts um,
1: have yes. BPA
0: on them. So yeah, uh, which uh, is so bizarre, is but <laughs> oh, I know, I know. But and that education piece is so important. We have to keep keep on top of things so that we can. Um, you know, advocate for ourselves. And then I think it's also really important to do, like, periodic kind of cleanses where we add more fiber into our diet. We add some liver, phase one and phase two, um, liver-supporting nutrients. Um, and kind of get Absolutely. rid of the, the sugar, the caffeine, um, you know, in our diet, alcohol. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Um, and and it, I, what what month do you like to do yours, Amy? I, I, do well, you do I it do, twice a year or once a
0: year? Um, I actually do it three times a year. So I do oh, spring, possibly. fall, and then after the holidays. Um, that is so cool. I feel like the alcohol, you know, I, I probably have yeah. one too many glasses of wine, socially. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, for a lot, and actually a, a study, I don't know if you saw the study that just came out. Um, it was presented at... Um, the ASRM, about um, resveratrol being helpful for women with PCOS. Um, but I think it's, you know, I don't want women to kind of take it as this free pass to drink as much wine, red wine as they want because now that it's good for their health. Um, maybe you can kind of tell us what alcohol does to our estrogen
1: levels. Well, um, absolutely. I would be excited to tell tell you that. And yes, you are so right about the resveratrol and the red wine. So um, if you're going to drink alcohol and, you know, I don't do this all the time myself, but red wine is going to be your best, your best choice um, if you want to look at the health aspects as a big picture. Um, but uh, women um, i'm doing a series a a um, you can anyone can see these on my facebook site but i'm doing a series right now because it's october on breast cancer awareness so um, there's eight videos i think i just finished video 5 that's coming out tomorrow which happens to be on elevated blood sugar and risk of breast cancer and what we what is known about um, Alcohol and uh, breast cancer because of the elevated estrogen levels is that one drink per night, and that's a five-ounce glass of red of wine or one beer or one and a half ounces of alcohol. Um, one glass per night has sort of an average keeps someone in an average area of their risk of breast cancer in lifelong so we as we get older our risk of breast cancer goes up no matter who you are but if you go over that one glass per per day you actually increase your risk by almost 20 percent so you have a 20 uh, right so there's for for women Going beyond, you know, it's all in moderation. Everything is in moderation. So if if you don't drink alcohol at all, you lose the benefits of some of those cardiovascular benefits that we get from, and, and that may also be because it helps, uh, it increases estrogen. We, so we lose those cardiovascular um, benefits, but we actually decrease our risk of breast cancer. So the guidelines now uh, is that it's an individual. Um, a decision it's an individual decision don't go over one glass per day because then you're going to increase your risk of breast cancer but if you don't want to drink any at all because you just don't like it or you don't like you know the other reasons for it then you're fine you're decreasing your risk of breast cancer you may not be giving yourself the additional advantages of decreased um, memory loss as you age and um, um, improve cardiovascular uh um, but you know the the red wine is going to be your best because resveratrol is a mass major anti-inflammatory. So everything is related to inflammation in the body. Mm-hmm. So right. Um, <laughs> right, so if we can decrease our inflammation, yes, that's, that's where we get in trouble with PCS with that elevated um, insulin level. So that insulin level elevated insulin level just sets on an inflammatory cascade and so that's and then that inflammatory cascade causes you know um, this increase of cortisol and then this increase of cortisol um, um, causes increase more of insulin and so it's just like this hamster wheel that you can't get off but um, so um, I am also you know, I'm, I'm, I look at women on an individual basis. I think that if we drink one glass of, uh, have one, um, alcoholic drink per day, we're in a safe zone. If, safe zone being, we're at average risk. And then there are other things that you can do for yourself that decrease your risk, of course. And, and that, and this might be super interesting to your, um, listeners. And that is that only 1.8% of all breast cancers are genetically related, genetic that you're actually born with, 1.8%. So that's uh, 98.2% are environmentally related. Now, some of those environmentally related ones are going to be down the road problems that occur with your genes. So, but it's, they're still environmentally related and of that 98.2%, 50%, Amy, 50% is from your diet. So 50% of breast cancers are related to the diet. So those the abnormalities and the toxins that we get and all those the the poor diet um things, maybe not enough fiber. I mean, keep listing them, the vegetables, the broccoli, the cauliflower, the Brussels sprouts, all those things that decrease our estrogen levels, therefore decreasing the bad, uh, 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 increasing our estrogen levels and increasing our xenoestrogens, all of those things go down the pathway of increasing the bad pathway of estrogen metabolites. So 50 per, So if you look at your diet and eat a clean diet, and, boy, I'm really jealous that you do three cleanses a year. I only get to one, but I feel so great afterwards. Um, um, that's how you're really, really going to decrease your risk. It's not as much about alcohol. It's a small percentage, really. It's, it, when you look at the big mm-hmm. picture, it's really about diet um, more than it is anything else. And the xenoestrogens. And, so that's a big part of diet.
0: And, and I think the great thing about the diet is it really puts you in control because, you know, it gives Total. you that sense of control back. Um, well, Absolutely. you know, we had, I really wanted to talk more about cortisol and adrenal fatigue, but I would love for you to come back and join us to talk.
1: Um, I would be delighted to. Oh,
0: great. I mean, that's such an important issue for, for women like myself. Um, you know, I'm going to be 45 Everybody. in a month, and, and three kids, and a husband, yes. and, and a business, and boy, yes. It, it, yes. it does get tough.
1: It's a um, challenge.
0: It is. It is.
1: It's, um, I would love to. That's so important. So important. Well, tell us
0: how we can learn more about the work that you do, and where can we, where we find you online?
1: I think probably the best way is just to go to my Facebook um, page and you can find that either by going to facebook.com ask dr leggett and that's um d r l e g g e t t and or you can um look up the you can look up women's midlife specialist in uh Facebook and it'll come up to my Facebook site too and then you can download um, the uh, little things that I talked about and um, you can see the videos on the breast cancer awareness um, and uh, get get a lot of good information there.
0: And you also had a, a free um, guide for us as well.
1: I do. I do. So the testing kits, um, my, my six top testing kits uh, is on there. Um i also had a i have uh my healthy pantry for um making sure that you don't that you gotta have this healthy pantry in in um already at home so you know when you're tired you get home from work the last thing you feel like doing is cooking and you uh then just eat the wrong things and then you know, it sabotages all the work you've been doing. And so if you, so I've got a guide to help people put the right things in their pantry to start with and and a little few little hints on what to eat while you're, you know, preparing a meal or thinking uh, about what to what to eat uh to keep you on track. There's that and then there's also um, I'll make sure that cuz you know I'm trying to think I don't think that my guide on my top 12 products is on there, but I will get that on there. My guide for the top 12 products that you can use over the over uh, purchase over the counter, and I did a lot of work looking into those products um, because I did it for myself too. Um, I'm on these same things. What I'm what I'm sharing with you, I do a hundred percent for myself, and um, um, I think that that's that's driven the whole the whole women's midlife specialist.
0: Oh, I totally can relate with that, <laughs> that, yeah. that feeling as well with PCOS Diva. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge with us and for all of these great resources. Uh, I can't wait to check out those, those handouts and lab tests. Um, and we will definitely have you back on in the new year uh, to, where, where we will talk about adrenal fatigue and um, that
1: what we can fun. do about it. Great. Well, thank you
0: everyone for listening, and I look forward to being with you again soon. Bye bye.